eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Thursday, January 14th. And, uh, oh boy, I don't even know what to say. There's a lot going on in the universe. So maybe the best thing to say is to just, I'm going to stick in my lane here. I'm going to answer your financial questions. We would love to hear from you about the things that you can control, you know, your financial life. So if you have a question, shoot us a note, ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. I am a CFP. So is Mark Talercio, who is the best executive producer in the universe. And so together, we will put our brains together and try to help you solve your problems. Send us an email. Let us know what's on your mind. And uh, if you'd like to join us on the program, we'd love to have you. Just let us know that as well. Okay. So here's Adrian, who writes, Hi, Jill. I would love your advice on what to do with a whole life insurance policy that I purchased or was pressured into purchasing years ago. I'm 38 years old with a terrific boyfriend and no kids and no plans to have them. Back in 2009, my friend who was trying to make it as a life insurance agent pitched me on whole life. And honestly, I bought it mostly so he would stop calling me about it. Oh, brother. Um, I will sell you into submission. Okay. 11 years later, and I'm just tired of paying for a policy that I don't need since no one depends on me financially, and I have term life insurance through my job. What are my best options to stop paying this absurd premium for something I don't need? I am worried about tax consequences and also concerned that I'm buying too much into the sunk cost fallacy, meaning that like, oh, I put this much money in and so now I, I don't want to stop. Okay. 
More details. There's a death benefit of $100,000, a yearly premium of about $730. The accumulated value is $7,700. What are your thoughts? I love the show. I'm a CFP, but I always think it's a good idea to get advice when the matter is close to home. All the best, Adrian. Oh, Adrian, thank you. This is like, you know, Mark, it's like an honor when someone who's also a CFP is asking what you think. Thank you, Adrian. I really uh, appreciate that. So here's my best guess. First of all, I don't know if you're going to have a real tax issue because if you've put in 730 bucks a year for 11 years, the amount of money you put in may just be about the same as your accumulated value. So first thing I would do is I would say, find out, number one, what's the tax liability if I just blow this thing out? And I'm hopeful that 11 years later, there is no penalty to get out. Some of these policies have a you know, 10, 12 years, but I, I'm guessing you probably don't have any sort of penalty to get out. And you know what I would do? I wouldn't worry about the tax consequences. Even if there was a little bit of accumulation in the policy, blow that sucker out and move on. Adrian, you don't need this. I know you know this. And for everyone listening, don't just blow out the policy without figuring out some of the details. So if you have a whole life or a permanent life insurance policy that you're considering getting out of, contact us and let us know what some of the details are. We may not necessarily give you that exact advice. Okay. All right. Katie writes, hi, Jill and Mark. Love your show. I listen every morning while walking my pups. See attached. Hold on. I got to go to the pups first. Oh my God. Those dogs are great looking. Gus and Lou. So cute. All right. Send us your puppy pictures. Okay. Thank you for all that you do to provide sound financial advice. I'm wondering what your thoughts are about our current financial situation. To be honest, I feel that we are behind in general. I would like to retire with at least $2 million in the bank, and I'm unsure if we will make it there with our current trajectory. Here's a little background. Um, and our current short-term goals. Increase our emergency fund from 10 to 20,000. Keep our current home as a rental once we move into a new house within the next three years or so. We want to create passive income through a real rental real estate portfolio and plan to start with the home we currently own and live in. We make about $210,000 a year. It's about equal. Retirement savings, 164,000 invested with a CFP. 117 in stocks, 44 grand in IRAs, and then 3,000, which is, I guess, just putting some money with the CFP. They've got employer 401ks, they started new jobs, a mortgage of 3%, all good, small car loan, other life factors, husband is 37, I'm 32, no children, may start trying in the next couple of years. Thanks for all you do. I try to lift someone up every day. Thanks for your reminder. Okay, Katie. Why do you think 2 million? Isn't that funny, Mark? That seems like an arbitrary number. So here's what I would like to do. You have a CFP, okay? You're working with somebody. How are you paying that person? If you are paying that person, they should be doing something like planning. They should create a retirement plan for you. I'm not exactly sure whether the passive income with rental real estate is the smartest thing for you, okay? What you didn't necessarily tell me is that you've got your employer 401ks. I don't know why you're only putting 8% into those 401ks. Why wouldn't you, instead of sending money to your CFP, I'd be maxing out those 401k plans, especially if there is a Roth option, okay? So I think 
my focus would be to max out your 401ks, each of you, at 19000 each. That should be your number one goal, along with beefing up your emergency reserve fund. You know, frankly, I don't love the car loan. It's a little bit more expensive than, you know, it's a 6% loan. Why don't you get, get rid of that thing? So here's the things in concert that I think you should be doing. One, pay off the car loan. Two, beef up the emergency reserve. Three, max out your retirement accounts. So the $800 a month that's going to the CFP for investing, don't do that. And in fact, what I would say that you should do with that $800 is to take a portion of it. Here, let's do it for you. Let's do $300 for your emergency reserves and $300 for your car loan and an extra $200 into your 401ks. Let's see if you can make that work. And that's it. That's what I would do. And if you get to your emergency fund beefed up faster, then pay off the car loan and get the $800 into your retirement accounts as quickly as you possibly can. Okay? All right. Patricia writes, my 36-year-old son has worked for the same company for 12 years and their retirement package includes a pension plan funded entirely by the company. Also a 401k with a company match of up to three and a half percent. Now it is being changed to their choice of staying in the current plan or cease receiving the pension and move to a higher 401k match. Whatever is vested in the pension at this point will stay in the pension. What would your advice be for my son? Okay. When I have a choice like that, Patricia, what I would say is it's usually better when you're getting a choice, my guess is that the pension is probably a better deal if your son thinks he's staying at this company. If he thinks he's going to leave the company and there are some other changes to the pension, then no. I know the name of the company. I'm not going to say it on the air, but I know I think that this company is probably fine in funding the pension obligation. So I think I would uh, stay in the current plan. That's what I would do, not knowing anything about your kid. Um, all right. Marcy writes, when the pandemic started, I had an office in an office building. Then we started working from home in March. Now my company is saying they are reducing the office space they are renting by more than 50% going forward. They will expect us to work from home much of the time, and we can sign up to use a shared office in our building when we need to be in the building. Does the fact that my company expects me to work from home starting in 2021 affect whether or not I can take a home office deduction? I have never used that deduction before. Thank you, Marcy. That's a great question. But um, right now, as the law is written, no, the only thing that determines whether you can actually take the home office deduction is whether you are self-employed or whether you're an employee. And if you are an employee, no, you cannot take that deduction, which is amazing to me but it's true. So you can't do it. Sorry. This is from Randy. Hi, Jill and Mark. Jill, I first heard you as a guest on Joel and Matt's How to Money podcast, and I've been listening to you ever since. That's so nice. I also listened to your well-advised audiobook. I appreciate you making me financially smarter without a huge tuition bill. So there's one more thing I'd like you to educate me about. Recently, I heard you mention your dislike of the idea of paying extra principal with the normal mortgage payment. I think I understand your reasoning of almost free money with low interest rates and the opportunity cost because that extra principal money could be used for retirement saving and other investments. But... If the home value appreciates, which historically is the case, doesn't my equity in the house also grow since that's the piece of the house or property that actually belongs to me? 
aren't I losing the opportunity to increase my property investment by not owning more of the house? No, no, actually. What's interesting about that is that housing um, really historically is only growing by, you ready for this? The rate of inflation. Yeah. So even though we're in the middle of a big housing, you know, move higher, what's really fascinating to me is that when you look at the data, it doesn't show that. I'm also like, and, and you've heard me say this, I am very, very emphatic about liquidity. So you look, if you have tons and tons of money, paying it off is fine. I just think that the combination of opportunity costs, low rates, and liquidity really do argue for not necessarily paying that mortgage off for most people, not everybody, but for most people. I hope that helps. All right, gang, that's the end of the show. And if you've got a financial question, don't forget, go right to our website, jillonmoney.com, jillonmoney.com. There you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter and you can maybe pass along this podcast to others. We are trying to get this audience massive. We want a zillion. I don't even know if that's a number, but you know what? We want more people listening and we want to help more people. So try to help us help you, your friends, your coworkers, your family, whoever. Now, coming to the end of the week, and I know some of you are just disgusted and um, uptight and anxious and you want to get out, you want to see other people, I get it. Please, please wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and try to lift someone up today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.